Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Weekend Show. I have the great pleasure of being joined by my knowledgeable co-host, Garrett. Say hello to the loyal listeners, Garrett. Welcome. We have an excellent show lined up for our listeners this week, Gar. We're going to kick off in just a little bit with our most eye-catching stories from the last week. As always, we have some fun stuff lined up for you to check out on the web in Netflix. As if that wasn't enough, in our final segment, we look forward to Series 9 of Doctor Who, which premieres on BBC and BBC America on September 19th. Lots in store, so do stay tuned. Before we get to our top story, Gar, how was your week? What have you been doing with yourself? I hurt my back yesterday, Ken. Uh, yeah, you, we were hanging out yesterday and you, you, you were crying like a baby. Yeah, the other time you'd faint to punch me and I'd flinch and it would hurt more than the punch would have. I should have just accepted the punch like a man. <laughs> yeah, you just like just stayed stony faced. Mm. But uh, what happened to your back? I slept. Can you elaborate for our listeners? I don't know anything more than that. I woke up and my back hurt. I think I did something for the first time ever yesterday, Ken. Go ahead. Because the pain was in the right side of my back, it was more it was more comfortable to use my left hand for doing certain things. Now, now not other things. Don't let your mind go there. This is going one way, this not another. This is a another. PG podcast. Yeah. Wiping my bum. Uh, <laughs> okay it's a slight slightly step above. PG. Slight, it's a slight step above from where, where your mind probably wandered. But yeah, I, 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 I'd I never wiped my bum with my left hand before. And my left hand was like, what are you doing? It, it felt wrong. Did it feel wrong and, and, and strange? It did. It felt str- it was like my left hand was like, I'm not usually called upon for this. It, were, were you like, did it feel like someone else was doing it? Yeah. Uh, I imagine it being like, you know, inside out with the different parts of the brain. Yeah. It's the same with my hands. And like right hand is usually like vigilant and on duty when 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 I'm poo- after I'm pooing. Right hand does everything. Yeah, right hand is usually called upon, but left hand is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was playing video games. <laughs> I'm not responsible for this. Righty, where'd righty go? Righty, no, I don't want to touch poo. Yeah, so that was the highlight of my week. I did. I wiped my bum with my left hand for the first time in my life. We just dropped like by probably. Tens of thousands of listeners. Yes. Yeah, we have tens of thousands of yes. listeners every week, so we can probably afford to lose tens of thousands, yeah. maybe. Try it out as an experiment for yourself. Wipe your bum with your uh, weaker hand and let us know how it worked on Twitter at TWSKK or at Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Now, let's try and take this podcast literally out of the toilet yep. and move on. Uh, I'm on the countdown to my holidays. Yeah. In just one week from today, I will be on holidays from work. Yeah. So naturally, I mentally started checking out already. I'm just bitter. I'm not going anywhere. Well, Garrett, get a job and maybe you might go somewhere. Well, why don't you Why don't you bring me to San Francisco with you? Well, I want to, but the girlfriend might not like it. Yeah, she's throwing me in the suitcase. I can fit in there. I'm small enough. She is under the weather at the moment, Garrett. Have you poisoned her? Um, why would I poison her? Nicole is nice and she feeds me every so often. But you might want to take her place on the trip. Ooh. I didn't think of this. Or you did think of it. Or you're trying to cover <laughs> I'm play, your... I'm playing dumb. <laughs> you're trying to co- cover your tracks. So, uh, you know, I've kind of had a quiet week. 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 Are you in Japan? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, this, that's the... For our Japanese listeners, that's how you say week in, in Japan. That's us being slightly racist. But also accommodating. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few 
customer so- service wo- woes in the next. I can't. I can't speak today. I don't it, know. It's because you were working in the customer service woeful place today, and yeah, <laughs> it's it's followed you home. Yeah, it's 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 clouding my brain. But I've had a few customer service woes of my own this week. Um, basically, people char- double charging me, or people promising me refunds, or promising me services that they have not yet done. So I have like three pending cases with three separate companies it's, it's like all getting out of control i just want my money back and i want my internet back i've been in without internet in my house for a month gar it's basically like living in third world yeah basically you have to edit this podcast then give it to me to upload yeah it's a very it's, very <laughs> it's, uh, it's like having a courier for the podcast yeah it's an assembly line for the podcast but uh enough of my gripes yeah uh nobody wants to listen to this podcast to hear about us talking about our our difficulties with wiping our backside and our complaints about our jobs oh. slash customer service yeah i can't wipe my bum with my right hand and oh you got charged twice i'm very bad when it comes to ordering things yeah I was, about to, I was gonna ask what percentage of this is down to your own incompetence uh you know i'm gonna say probably 40 percent but uh of course when i talk to these people it's all their fault it's all an outrage that they should fix it immediately this i did this but you need to fix it now (laughs) and you work in customer service this should be something you should be like like considerate of it's like oh these poor people on the other end of the phone and the other end of the email they're just doing their job they're just trying their best ken's like give me my money you think so but it actually makes you more wily to the kind of things that you need to do and the kind of buttons you need to push to get what you want so you're like People do this to me, so now I get to do it to someone else. <laughs> it's like paying it forward in a yeah. really bad way. Gar, uh, we're going to have to kick things off on a sad note this week with our top story. Indeed. Do you want to, Gar, this, this is uh, probably closer to your heart as a horror fan. So well, I'm not a huge horror fan, but I'm a big Nightmare on Elm Street fan. And sadly, last Sunday, which was when this podcast was released, uh, Wes Craven passed away. Yeah, he was only 76 years old, which in today's world is quite young. Yeah, it's old enough. Yeah. If, if I got to 76 and died, I'd be like, eh, okay. It's it's not a bad innings, but he did go in quite a, a bad way, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it was after a battle with brain cancer. with, with, with Any kind of cancer is terrible, but having, like, your brain attacked by a cancer is... It's just, it's it's kind of, it's too, too horrible to comprehend. And, you know, without being insensitive, I think sometimes it's better to go sooner rather than later Yeah, with these things, you know. The more so. it deteriorates, the more, the, the less quality of life you have. And the more pain. So yeah. maybe it's better to go sooner rather than later. But uh, um, yeah, as you know, he was he was uh, the father of a nightmare, nightmare on Elm Street, which means he was the father of all our nightmares. He was the father of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Freddy Krueger came from his strange, deranged mind. Yeah, uh, you had a note there, guy, about where he came up with the idea. Yeah, apparently uh, it came from living next to a cemetery uh, of that name, Elm Street, in the suburbs of Cleveland. So he just decided, you know what? Uh, I'm going to come up with the, the one of the most perverse and terrifying characters ever written. I love Freddy Krueger. I, I love the kind of idea that when, like a great Nightmare on Elm Street film, it, it constantly kind of blurs the lines between when you're dreaming and when you're not. Exactly. And when you think you're safe, all of a sudden Freddy pops up and they're like, nope, dream. Yeah, but they kind of lost their way for a while. You see, every film that directly involved Craven was good. The first one is great. The third one is like, which he wrote rather than directed. The third one is super campy and super fun and over the top. Is the third one Dream Warriors? Yeah, Dream yeah. Warriors. Yeah, the yeah. second one is is the weirdest film I've ever seen. 
Freddie's like, in it for like 15 minutes. Less, I think. He's like in it for a really, really short space of time. It may as well be teen hijinks, the movie, from yeah. as far as I remember. And apparently the whole thing was just uh, an allegory for, for homosexuality and coming out. I totally got that. Freddie Freddy, Freddy was the, 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 the gayness inside that desperately wanted to try and get out, but he was trying to keep in. That, uh, yeah, that's reaching too far. No, apparently that, that's the case. The, the person who wrote the film, as opposed to the person who directed it, the person who wrote it says that's what the film was about. But the person who directed it said, nope. So I think like the, the person who directed it was totally oblivious to, to, to everything that was going on around him. So he was like, he was like, Oh, that was, that's what we were supposed to be doing? And th- there's a scene in it, uh, the shower scene, which has hugely homoerotic overtones. And that was obviously a directorial choice, which he made having no knowledge of actually what he was doing with that scene. So it was subliminal? Yeah, it seemed to even get at him while he was directing it. Maybe he was battling his own demons, but I shall say no more yeah. before we get sued. There's actually a fascinating documentary. It's super long. I think it's like six hours, but I watched it in it's one really sitting once. It's really long, yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost off-puttingly long. I watched it in one sitting once, which was probably not a good idea. It's Never Sleep Again, uh, The Elm Street Legacy. It's a really good look at the series. Sneaky Netflix, Gary. It's actually on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? Okay. Go it and was, watch it. It was anyway, but you know, they cycle in and out. Yeah. Uh, a New Nightmare as well, which I thought was a really smart little film. So Wes Craven had an eye for... For picking out talent. Yeah, Johnny Depp was in the first Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street film. That was his debut in films. Yeah, Sharon Stone was in Deadly Blessing, which also which uh, he cast her in. And Bruce Willis was first cast in an episode of The Twilight Zone. Got his big break from Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, he's also associated with Scream, if I'm not Oh, yeah, the mistaken. Scream films like are superb films. Yeah. Like, it's a shame that when people think of Scream, that the scary movie franchise almost kind of melds into one with it. Yeah, they kind of think of it as a, as a joke. Yeah. Where, where it was more of a satire than a yeah. joke. You see, the scary movie ended up being a satire of a satire, which was kind of stupid. Yeah. Or Scream was like a razor sharp satire of horror films. And it, it, it kind of, you can kind of see the seeds of Scream in the New Nightmare film. Yeah. You know, where New Nightmare is kind of uh, real life actors playing the roles. Yeah. And then the characters are coming to life. Wes Craven actually stars in it. Yeah. The funny thing is Wes Craven had the least to do with the least good screen film. Yeah. Which is Scream 3. Which is like, I, the premise of that film was, I remember even when I was younger, I was like only like 12 or something. And the premise was, uh, probably even younger, I think. Uh, yeah. Forget everything you learned. It's it's all different now. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, that's stupid. I enjoyed the fourth Scream. Fourth screen was good. It was a kind of a return to what made it good in the first place. Yeah. While being a bit tongue in cheek. And uh, I'm, I'm, I, I go all hot and cold on the TV show. So uh, what do you think Wes Craven's lasting legacy will be? Hopefully Freddy Krueger. Like yeah. Freddy, Krueger, Freddy Krueger and Ghostface are the characters that, you know, the studios will be rebooting in 50 years over and over again. We'll talk about rebooting things later in the show. But yeah, those those are the characters I think will will live on, even though the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street film wasn't so good. Yeah, but they have permeated pop culture to the point where they're almost iconic. And oh, like, especially Freddy. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, both of them, Freddy Krueger and Ghostface. Like they're synonymous with fear and they're synonymous with horror. Yeah. And like they're almost like, you know, in the same ilk as the likes of your Mickey Mouse and your Bugs Bunny. They're just like... Like, except much more terrifying except much more sinister on the spectrum but the the point is that they kind of last forever because they're kind of taking on lives of their own mm. and you know so in that way he'll live on forever and freddy freddy was a, a smarter villain as opposed to like there was at that time there was the jasons and the michael myers the kind of mindless drones who just wander around slashing people yeah he killed people in some pretty creative ways yeah i, I like freddy and his, his his love of just saying bitch at everybody 
Johnny Depp met his end in quite a gruesome way. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of blood in that scene. Yeah. But uh, we better... Watch those films. Because uh, a few years ago, I watched them all. My friend Ronan, Ronan Doyle. Yes. Who writes about films an awful lot himself. Lent me the DVDs and I give watched them all. Give him a plug, Gary. Give oh, yeah, Next plug. Projection. Uh, he writes for Next Projection. He's, he's uh, like, I, I remember he watches way more films than any reasonable person probably should. <laughs> is he on Twitter? He is. I believe it's just at Baron Ronan, I think should look that up but you can find them you'll find them but uh yeah i think that you know he's one of those people that will become like in when when it's all you know in, in the history of film he's the guy like there are people who are synonymous with horror but i think his name is going to be off the top of the list and mm. you know but you know it's a sad to go that way but again you know he has a lasting legacy so you know he'll live on through his films and um yeah sadly missed but we're and, and I, I think we nearly say this in every podcast now. So it's getting so much. We've had a sad period of loss recently, but uh, Web Cra- Wes Craven, uh, RIP, we will miss you and we will miss your, your fantastically imaginative and terrifying films. Moving on, everybody's favorite scarily large conglomerate had a bit of a makeover during the week here. Yeah, we moved from horror, horror figures, horror movie figures to some scary take over the world company. Google! <laughs> Google. Who own your life and all the information you get from it. Yeah. Um, they know more about you than you know about you. They do. Google. Well, actually, Google, they actually changed more than just the logo recently, but we'll talk about that in a minute, too. Uh, Google have a new logo. Yeah. It's gone from ser- serif to slightly more sans serif, basically. And yep. they've, 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 they've changed the coloring a bit I think as well. they, they've muted the colors, apparently. They've softened them a little. And yeah. the, the, the font is more or less just a little more rounded. But what what do you think the, the the strategy behind it is or the thinking? They they say it's to better accommodate mobile users. What I have no idea. I like that's what I, I was reading that. Then it's like they were going on about oh how more people use mobile and tablets, so we wanted a, mo- a logo that reflects that. I'm like, I'd like to use Google, but the logo confuses me. Yeah, the the logo is just so off putting that uh, none of the pretty much everyone on the planet that's ever used a computer who's already used Google is ever going to use it again. Yeah, I don't understand what they mean by that, but I think I think it's. Uh, one of the reasons I read was they're trying to make themselves look a bit less threatening. They're actually made it a bit softer. Yeah, the roundedness makes it a little uh, like, oh, Google, they're nice. But, you know, kind of Google is always in the news for their kind of aggressive, uh, you know, takeover. They're taking over the world. Their aggressive takeover of companies. And like they are quite uh, ambitious with their expansion, which could be considered ruthless in some circles. Yeah. So they're trying to make themselves look a bit less threatening. It's like, hey, we're Google. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to take. We know oh, everything nice. about yeah. you. We know where you live. And we could possibly kill you without anyone ever knowing that you were ever alive we've because erase your erase the history of your being we've literally taken photos of every single part of the earth and put it on the internet we know where you've been and we know where you're going but the, the, uh the google are seriously scary yeah we have a a, a a friendly logo so don't worry about it yeah don't think about it i like the way when when you look at it the change is is like minute you know yeah. it's a slight font shift but Although like, it is noticeable, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that doesn't like change. <laughs> but like millions of dollars will have went into this change. Yeah, someone got paid a lot of money to for de- this rebrand. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see, but I'm doing air quotes. To design it and market test it, and you know, make sure it's pleasing on the eye, and to come up with different concepts for logos. And literally, they changed the font. Yeah, that's all they did. And like, like millions of dollars will have been spent on this. Like, I could have done it for free. Is it the right type of G? What does this G say to people? What do people think about the G? What about the two O's? Are they are they are they okay? They've actually they've changed the thumbnail. 
Yeah. Which is, I, I don't mind the new logo. The new logo's fine. The thumbnail's horrifying. Because it used to be just a simple blue G, didn't it? Yeah. Whereas now it's a kind of a multi-colored uh, multi capital G. Yeah, it has it all the colors of the logo yeah, on it, basically. It looks horrible. I'm like, well, I don't want to look at that when I'm Googling things. And again, someone got paid excessive amounts of money to design it. Yeah. But uh, Why don't they pay me? I'll just type Google into Microsoft Word yeah. and just change the font. Because yeah. that's essentially what they did. And uh, basically... It, it, it's in the wake of a lot of recent change for Google, for Google. So it's probably just part of trying to freshen up their image. Yeah, maybe. Google aren't Google anymore. Yeah. Or at least they, they've spun Google off into its own little company that deals with the search engine and YouTube and kind of the more directly internet related stuff. And then there's the parent company Alphabet that deals with their take over the world plans like self-driving cars and all that kind of stuff. And Google, probably Google houses in the future. And all yeah, or Alphabet houses now. Alphabet houses. But like Google just do the search engine now because yeah, every, like Google was getting a bit ungainly yeah. from, from what it started as. So I think it does make sense to leave Google just be the search engine, YouTube, that kind of stuff and spin everything else out into a kind of broader company where Google don't have to really think about that stuff anymore. Yeah, because like the, the, like the Googliness is starting to wear off because there's so many... Uh, what, yeah, like, d like you can't define Google anymore, you know? Yeah. It's like they and do so many, so many things and maybe like, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of other browsers in the market now or browsers and. Well, and, no one uses Bing. Uh, yeah. Bing is where the devil goes to not use the internet because even the devil doesn't use Bing because Bing is terrible. Yeah. But in terms of like a lot of people more associate Google with, with browsers these days uh, as much as. For, uh, for, I was going to say Chrome. Yeah. Chrome. Yes. But like. I'd rather uh, use Alta Vista than Bing. Yeah, but there's there's like Bing. Maybe there's a certain kind of thought that maybe they're they were diverting their focus too much, and maybe they needed to kind of to kind of uh, segment themselves in order to kind of to kind of maintain their dominance by basically dividing and conquering, not losing focus on Google while looking at all this other stuff. Now Google can just focus entirely on its own antics and, and to replenish its googliness. Googliness. That's enough about Google. Yeah, uh, Oscars are changing this year again. Well, not changing, but they're going back. They're, yeah. they're they're going back to the well on a on a on a kind of a patchy format. Yeah, they they've learned nothing from two thousand eleven, with the the abomination that was Anne Hathaway and James Franco. I want to put a provisor in there, Gar. In fairness to to Anne Hathaway, she tried. Yeah, she tried. She gave it her her best. But the dead weight that was James Franco around her leg, he like, doomed her from the start. Exactly, he did his best to, to 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 literally look. I'm above all this. This is all stupid. I'm doing it because I got paid. Yeah, I'm just here. Look, I'm disinterested. That means I'm cool. Yeah, but go uh, away. You hate James Franco. Yeah, irrational. Does it go back to that? Is that why you hate him? Well, that's one of the reasons. But uh, literally, I won't go see a film if he's in it. Yeah, he I'm very films. reluctant. But uh, Dave Franco, slightly more readable. I don't readable. mind Dave Franco. But, I kind of uh, like Dave Franco. We've gone off the topic. We actually haven't told people what the story is. Basically, the, uh, the Oscars is going to be hosted by two people again yep. this year. We're going back to two people. Uh, you see, as you said, I don't think two people is necessarily a problem in and of itself. Yeah. Because it just depends on the people. Like, yeah. for example, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who people are, are thinking it might be them. And they're, they're, people are really baying for it because they've yeah. done the Golden Globes a few years and they've really done a great job. Yeah, they're, they're a great pairing because they actually work together and they actually make sense together as opposed to James Franco and Anne Hathaway. It's just like, why are you putting those two people together aside from both are relatively young Hollywood stars? Yeah, I think the idea, exactly as you said there, was it's young Hollywood. They're trying to put in younger viewers. Um, James Franco, though? Yeah. 
And the awkward thing was he was nominated on the night and everything. It all looked a bit kind of convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like like circle jerking. Sorry, yeah. language advisory. That's not language. Yeah, we it's it's implying something, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, but like Steve Martin, uh, oh, did I get that right? Steve I, I, Martin, I Baldwin. When I was right, yeah. When I was writing the script, I kept on thinking Dean Martin. I kept on saying to myself, "Don't say Dean Martin." That's someone entirely different. Exactly. But their combo really worked. I really enjoyed their 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 kind of banter and their back and forth. Uh, so, uh, if you always get, to, if I was to ask you, Gar, for a top three pairings for the Oscars to make this actually work and not fail, what what would you go for? Uh, polar. It would be Polar and Faye on top. Yeah. Um. Two. Um. Uh. Kane Peel. Oh, interesting choice, and yeah. it is it is being produced by a former producer of BET, who's uh, Black Entertainment Television. Because I think they'd bring a, a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, who would I pass? Um, just Nick Offerman by himself, and Nick Offerman Nick, and Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman and Ron Swanson. Yes, you can shift between them. You can put on a mustache and pretend to be. <laughs> I'm watching Parks and Rec again, so I love this Ron Swanson. Pointless ceremony is over. <laughs> just mocking everything, thinking it's stupid. I could really see that working. That could actually be fun. Uh, like, if if you were to pair Nick Offerman in uh, in reality with someone, who would you pick? Uh, Megan Mullally, I suppose. His wife. His yeah. wife. Why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, <laughs> who uh, would you pick? Um, I, like I think Keenan Peel is nearly on the money, not because of the race thing, but like th- I, I reckon they're going to go for for people of color this year, partly because it's being produced by a person who was and running. The show was ending this year. Yeah, it was running BAT, and he's and they're kind of hot property these days. Are they big enough to host it? Well, like, but like, uh, 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 Peel is in a lot of stuff these days, mm. and uh, and uh, Key is in a, a good, you know, he's kind of emerging as a as a kind of talent on his own as well. Could get John Stewart and someone else again. He has nothing else to do. Yeah, he's kind of free, but uh, uh like, did you, like they have to have someone in mind for them to do this, other than because uh, like Neil Patrick Harris, who is like statistically proven to be the best uh award show host on planet earth the most solid you you completely i don't know what happened yeah because he hosted the emmys and it was great and he hosted the tonys and it was great i assume he hosted the grammys i don't know but he hosts everything and it's always really good and then he gets the oscars and it's terrible but they they really didn't do many favors with the writing or no no i I think it's a poison chalice because ellen was all right yeah but ellen is at the level of fame where they kind of let her do what she wanted yeah and it worked for her, where they kind of cast Oscar host upon Neil Patrick Harris, mm. rather than let him be himself. They kind of said, "This is what you're supposed to be." But uh, yeah, I, I think th- the last host I actively remember enjoying is Hugh Jackman. Yeah, because he just sang and danced and was utterly charming and was one of the best men on planet Earth. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't know who they have in mind. They have to have someone in mind for them to do two people. They can't just go. We're going to do two just for. Although I wouldn't put it past the Academy. Like let's just do two. Let's just pair Chris Pratt and uh, um, Elizabeth Olsen together. Yeah, because they're two young actor people, like right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but like, is there a danger of putting two black comedians together? Why? This is not racist. I'm not trying to be racist here. <laughs> Ken. Ken doesn't like black people. But it's just like similar types of humor. Like, whereas I think the best Oscar pairings are kind of like yin and yang. Well, Baldwin and Martin weren't exactly yin and yang either. Yeah. Maybe, do you think they were a bit similar? I think it's better because they were a team, though, the Kane Peel. Yeah. I, I think a, a team is better than two individuals. So you've heard it here first. Our prediction for the double Oscar host this year is Key and Peel. Or Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. 
or Team of Infinity I would rather War. those two because I really like Game Informer. Yeah, and they've, they kind of proved their salt in the other things. But they're, apparently they've said, we're not doing the Golden Globes anymore and they're not really interested in hosting things together anymore. They're going to just get too known for yeah, that. Yeah, but money. But, and the Oscars. Yeah. But uh, let's move on. Like, But before we move on, let us know at, at TWSKK on Twitter and on Facebook who you think is going to be the double act for the Oscars in 2016. Maybe they are asking us and we're being super coy about it on the podcast. Maybe it's us, yeah. Spoilers, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but if you want to start a campaign, hashtag Ken and Gar for the Oscars, you can. Yeah. We're you, not going to stop it. You can, you can petition the Academy. Did you enjoy your childhood, Ken? I did indeed. Did I, was, I, I got through it relatively unscarred. Did you? Well, <laughs> that's up for debate <laughs> did you thanks Gary. did you did you have a nice time do you enjoy like the pop culture things of your childhood i did I... well it's gonna be remade ken oh no <laughs> yeah everything's being remade everything we're talking about all the disney films that are being remade as live action films yeah it's like i liked that film as a kid now they're going to ruin it as a stupid live action film now nickelodeon are going to remake their classic uh kind of 90s animated films well, oh, films, cartoons. Oh, cartoons. Well, both of them, more of the two of them, were films. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Arnold and Rugrats did get a film, Ken. So technically, yeah. multiple technically films. I wasn't wrong. The Rugrats got like three films. We saw one of them in the cinema. I saw one of them in the cinema. I, I remember being too. kind of. I remember like being really excited about it, but being really cheated by it in the yeah. cinema as a kid. I was just like, "This isn't good. This is a long episode." It just like didn't work as. The I form. used to get this for free. <laughs> exactly. Now I have to pay for this. Well, I didn't pay for it. Yeah, I didn't pay for it either. Yeah, but my parents paid for it. Being but, children and all. They're kind of indicating that like they're going to revisit some of their formats. Uh, even Victoria's up for discussion, which that is was like that's gone for like two years. But they're t- they're talking more specials than actual full reboots until the special is super successful and then they fully reboot it. They already tried with Rugrats. They did all grown up. Yeah. Well, no, that was a kind of a continuation of Rugrats. Rugrats kind of went straight into that. Yeah, but then that ran for five years. You think it's like all right, people have had their fill of Rugrats. Yeah. Hey Arnold belongs in the nineties where it, where it dies. It's a very nineties show. It's just, I, it feels like the 90s. Rugrats, Rugrats is a little more ubiquitous, but Hey Arnold feels like the 90s. I don't ever remember enjoying an episode of Hey Arnold. I, I liked its deadpanness. Yeah. And it's kind of low energy. And his weird neurotic nature. And football head. Um, yeah. And there's like, you know, there's other things like, you know, Pete and Pete, which is kind of a cult phenomenon. I don't even know what Pete and Pete is. You you know when you see it, but like people are kind of like, no, don't you dare touch the... <laughs> don't touch my beloved childhood memories. Don't you ruin them, Nickelodeon. Don't you touch the wonderful weirdness that it was, Pete and Pete. But uh, in terms of uh, franchises that you do think that maybe went before their time, Gar, I'm going to ask you for another... Uh, I won't ask you for a top three this time. I'm just going <laughs> to ask you for one because we're actually pushed for time and we need to wrap up our stories. So w- one franchise that uh, hasn't been mentioned that you think would work and you would like to see back. I think simply because you, you could take what I call the either Mighty Ducks or the Batman approach where you get the, the old person into mentor a younger person. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh. Melissa Joan Hart playing the, the ant role as mentor to a younger person. There you go. And that was super successful. That's genius. That's yeah. actually like, that's money right there. It is. Well done, girl. That would work. This is why I should be a television executive. But Melissa, Melissa Joan Hart's career hasn't quite bottomed out enough, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, she's in Melissa and Joy, which is kind of constantly... It's a solid ABC family show. It's getting renewed year by year. Uh, like, it's terrible. And it, and what's his name? It looks super plastic. It's scary. Yeah, the only reason like Girl Meets World got off the ground is because everyone that was ever associated with that show went on to do nothing. Yeah, so they all came back to do it. They were all available. But uh, do, uh, do you think that they're trying to capitalize on that kind of success? Yeah, I'd like Girl Meets World. 
So they're saying like, well, you know, rebooting something for like nostalgia. We always say like it's one of our favorite catchphrases on the podcast. It's big business. It, yeah. It it just and let's face it, the television executives that are making these decisions are probably like the children of the nineties at the stage. So exactly, they're, they're they're just like, what about this thing I liked? Anyway, for me, Gar, it's a show that never actually ended, and it's Angry Beavers. Well, that, that was all. I thought that was also a little too edgy for TV, or at least for kids' TV. You think it was too edgy for kids? That's kind of why I liked it, because I felt like I was getting away with something by watching it. Yeah, I, f- I feel like so- somewhere like Adult Swim could bring that back, as uh, they could have edged it, uh, edged it up a little, and as make a more, it more as a more adult show. Yeah, I, I, like, but like, there's as you noted, we talked about this yesterday before when we had our podcast meeting. Yeah, totally a thing. Us wandering around the city. Yeah. Uh, never had a last episode there's audio that exists but it it was never released for one reason or another it just got cancelled without the last episode so I'd like to see that come back I think I think it's because the last episode of it was just them being super bitter about being cancelled yeah and just poking like fun at the network and all that so they're like look guys you seriously expected us to air this no yeah but all your childhood is going to be remade and you're going to hate it or you're going to be like ah this is okay and not and have an irrational, irrational hate of new things. Either way, they're going to get your money. So just, yeah. just get get ready and just get your wallet open and just just hand over your... Call up Nickelodeon and give them your credit card details. Cause yeah, because they're, they're going to get it eventually anyway. That's all the stories we have for you this week. We will get our researchers working overtime to find some more in time for next week's episode. We have researchers for all you know. We do have researchers. His name is Google. <laughs> we will be back in just a moment to enlighten you with our net picks. Stick around. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. It's time again for the pop culture phenomenon that is net picks. In case you haven't heard, we're about to change your life with some of our favorite entertainment tidbits available on the net. So, Gare, what have you got for the listeners first this week? I'm pretty sure that that intro kind of oversells what we're doing. Just a small bit. Don't don't underestimate the power of our podcast. Yeah, we're changing lives. Anyway, uh, there is a a web, uh, well, it's a YouTube channel called Game Grumps, where uh, Aaron Hansen and Danny Abadan play games and talk about things. I know them well. Danny is also in one of my favorite comedy bands. Ninja Sex Bang, indeed. Yeah. Danny Sex Bang. N- N- Ninja Sex Party. Party, yes. Oh, yeah, because his name is Danny Sex Bang. Get it right, Gar. God can. Check out their music. That's a sneaky Netflix as well. Check out their music on YouTube. It's funny. Yeah, but they, they play through games and talk about things. And occasionally they, they evolve into crass, crass toilet humor like we did earlier in the show. Yeah. But then occasionally they have very deep, thoughtful discussions of like the fourth dimension and what that really means. Okay. But uh, at the moment, they're playing through Sonic Adventure DX, which is a terrible video game. They're, not they're, Sonic's finest, finest hour, is Sonic it? doesn't have any finest hours. All Sonic games are bad, but that's, that's a hot take for another day. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah, I'll rant about Sonic some other day. But at the, mo- uh, at the moment, they're playing Sonic Adventure DX. And in part 46, they're playing through Big the Cat's Run. Because that, that game has six different characters and you play through their, their different stories. And in Big the Cat, he loses his frog and you have to fish and catch the frog. So when does he have a frog? Big the Cat has a frog. His name is Froggy. Okay. And he, he talks like he's the stupidest character. So he's like, Froggy, I need to find my Froggy. So is he, is he like a bit simple? Uh, yes. Is he on day release from the... <laughs> yeah, from the, the old mental facility. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you see, the game is super broken and doesn't really work and it's dumb and it's stupid and it's terrible. So Aaron basically loses his mind 
Okay. He goes totally insane when the, he cannot catch this frog. It's like 18 minutes long and around the, th- I think it's around the 13 minute mark, he totally loses it. The game breaks him. And, and it's you, hilarious. You get it, to hear it live on air. Yes, li- uh, live well, in living color on YouTube. And it's brilliant. He like totally loses his mind. It's fantastic. And Danny's just sitting there laughing. <laughs> just laughing at him, <laughs> losing his shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I cursed. I'm so sorry. You are such an unprofessional, Ken. I know. We should boot you off of the podcast and replace you with a drone. I'm going to have to bleep that. All right, we- Hello. My name is Ken. Weekend show. My name is actually Google. Take- we could actually probably get Google to host the podcast. We could. Sneaky, sneaky net picks, Garrett, based on Game Grumps. One of their other episodes based on the one, one of the worst games of all time called Night Trap. Ooh. It's a, it's a, one of those weird 80s games that's like part video, part game, literally a video game. Like there's like... Oh, I, I like those. The old kind of PC games where there's like, like the little cutscene things. And yeah, it's like... What what do you want to do? You did the wrong thing. I'm dead now. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it was banned by the FCC because it had mild kind of teenage hijinks, girls in slight states and dress. Some guy argued that it was going to corrupt the. You, some politician really championed it. It's like mm. it cost like two million dollars. It's like one of the most expensive video games ever made, and it's uh, it's first of all, it's unwinnable practically. And it's really dumb. And they go from having being invaders and in, spoilers. Uh, oh, they go, yeah, they, they go be from, from being home invaders. Like, take, like you have to catch all these baddies that are invading the house. And if you miss any of them, you lose. And in the end, they somehow, it turns out they're vampires. I don't know. Vampires are always cool. Just throw them in there. Turns out they're vampires. But uh, some, like, pol- it's like really controversial because some politician really lobbied to have a band and he succeeded. So it's kind of like a, a taboo. So that's Game Grumps. I, that, that wasn't even on the script. I'm I'm free I'm freestyling it. This is the weekend show unscripted exactly. with Ken Kidney. So uh, my first pick this week is the the docu series, Educating Cardiff. You love all those educating shows, don't you? I do like them. Uh, the uh, if one thing Channel Four in the UK do very well, it's a kind of a fly on the wall documentary. It's like their it's like their thing. It's like what they're known for. Uh, in recent years, they've done like basically the premise of the show is they go into a school, and they film it over a year. Uh, they have like cameras in the classroom they have kind of fly on the wall cameras and they've done uh two in london the east end and essex uh they've done one in yorkshire and this year it's in cardiff have they successfully educated all of england uh yes yeah <laughs> it's like well we've educated all of england the show is over now no the, well, the point is that they, these kind of see like like people right at the start of adult life and uh, the interesting part of it for me is that like you see all the things that you did as a kid, and you seen like like I'm cool, I'm acting <laughs> up in class, or I'm I'm giving out to the teacher, or I'm giving cheek, and like in your like at the time you thought you were super cool and like you're doing the right thing, but like if you're watching it, what an asshole! Exactly, watch, watching it as an asshole, watching, <laughs> watching it, it as an asshole. Yes. I, like you, no, you've never lost that bit. You never lost the asshole bit, but like you watch it and you kind of like like from like the outside perspective, and you're like. What was I doing? Yeah, I was a horrible human being to that poor teacher who was trying to make me smarter and make my life better. And it's just interesting to see how like those years actually shape you as a person and what what the choices you make lead you down the path that you take. So it's it's really interesting. It, like the format is it's, it's a bit repetitive. It's the kind of the same show every year, but like the fact that it's a different school, you get kind of different characters and you have like nice little moments uh where we had a uh, in educating Yorkshire, they had a young stammerer 
who basically got king speeched. And got king speech. That's, that's, a, that's a verb now. It, like literally, it broke the internet. People were crying, and he was like a cult hero overnight. So that's Educating Cardiff, available on YouTube on all four, and I'm pretty sure all four is its own website as well, so you can find it there. Yeah, and all of their stuff's on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. So it, it, like you, you like, and you had to endure less ads to see that. They're kind of less dickish about that. So, mm. Gar, what do you got for your second pick? Ken, it's it's one week until Super Mario Maker is out. I'm yeah. literally counting the days. Just like I cannot wait. It's, uh, it's celebrating Mario's 30th anniversary. So in conjunction with that, a website called Killscreen has, has done a bit of a Mario week this week. Where they uh, published, at, at the moment I think it's like nine, nine articles about why people like Mario, all about Mario, and uh, even some about Peach. And particularly, I want to mention the Wario article. Because it talks about like the deep-seated greed that drives Wario's existence. So it, so it, it treats them as if they're real people? Is that the kind of... The no, it's, it's just talking like, like like the analysis of the characters and in depth. Because uh, we're big fans of the Game Boy Mario games, Ken. We are. Because uh, at the... Uh, it's some of the only games I can actually finish. <laughs> yeah. In Super Mario Land 2, Wario steals Mario's castle. And then at the end, Mario gets it back. Spoilers. Yeah. And in the next Aww. game, Wario goes out into the world to get a castle of his own. He finds a genie's lamp, Ken. And the first thought that goes through his mind is I also want a giant castle because that's what drives Wario to be better than Mario. He's like, he just wants that castle, but then when he gets it, he doesn't make him feel any better. Yeah, he just wants more because that's one of your, that's uh, that's one of the games, the only games you were obsessed with. I perfected it. Yeah. That's... You didn't win it until I beat it. I You would have never perfected it until I beat it first. Spoilers in the end, if you perfect, if you get a perfect game, you get, Wario gets his own planet. Yeah, Wario planet. But yeah, yeah, it's that deep-seated greed that drives him. And the fact that, like, uh, in Mario, like, when you collect coins, it's just to get another life. You know, when you get to 100, it's done. Yeah. Mario's never hoarding. Or as Wario, he wants to collect every single coin he can get, and he keeps it. Yeah. Basically, you actually have to, to, uh, you have to get all the treasures in the game, and you have to basically play every level twice. Yeah. To get the planet, get, get enough coins. I remember when I first beat it, I got a birdhouse. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I got when I beat it. Poor Wario got a, went through the world, collected a bunch of treasure, not enough treasure, yeah. and he got a birdhouse. Then you get a modest looking house, and then you get a castle, and I'm pretty sure the planet's after that. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, is there anything else to be said on this? No, there's, there's a bunch of other ones, like a deeper looks at why people like Mario and how Mario's essentially like a bland cipher for us all. We project our own personality onto him. Which is clever. Yeah, kind of a deep look at Mario and his, the character and all the support characters. Uh, there's a bunch of different articles there on Killscreen's Mario Week. Okay. My one, uh, my last one this week is very brief. You may have seen it, Gare. I, I, I saw you link to it, but I didn't watch it. It exploded on the internet. It's uh, uh, Basically, it's, it's only a 1 minute 15 clip. It's very short, but it's at a child's birthday party. And the, his parents get him a cake of Optimus Prime. And Optimus Prime, as you know, in his vehicle form is a a, a transport truck mm -hmm. and they have that as a cake and it's like that's pretty cool that's that itself pretty cool. and then they press a button optimus prime starts talking in optimus prime voice <laughs> and the cake the cake optimus prime get ready for this the cake transforms into optimus prime how does it do that it's like motors and like uh like you know devilry servos that's the, the word i was looking for yeah basically it's it's magic uh, it's a very short clip. You'll find it if you uh, basically YouTube uh, Optimus Prime birthday cake. Or cake to Miss Prime. You stole my cool pun. I'm here. so sorry. You I were had building a, up to that too. I, what, I was literally building up to it. I had it written on the script. But uh, I'm going to have to end Netflix now before I boil over in anger <laughs> and jump over this desk. You stole... Gary, 
Yeah, you stole my. In fairness, yeah, there have been jokes you written the script, wrote in the script that I stole too. So, yeah, you know, you're tuning in like Ken, Ken, that was my talking point. I wrote my talking point in the script, and you stole it. That's the reason. If you'd see my talking points are handwritten, my notes for this are handwritten now, Ken. So you can't steal them like a steely, steely thief. Yeah. So, so the moral of the story is that we steal from each other all the time. Yep. But, uh It's it, it balances out over time. Probably. I'm afraid we're fresh out of picks, though. Uh, you've had them all, so you're going to have to be patient and wait until next week for more. If you check out any of our suggestions, we are curious... Curious? Curious. 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 We're curious to know what you think. Let us know on Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at TWSKK. We would love to hear your thoughts, either the good or the bad. We are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with a look at the new season of Doctor Who. Do not press pause. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. Ken, we've been threatening for quite a while now to do a Doctor Who segment. Yeah, we've been basically looking forward to this all summer. Yeah, so the new series is nearly upon us. It's going to be debuting. This is Series 9. On September 19th on BBC America and the regular old BBC. We could not be more excited. We could. Wait, when I said we could, that means we could be more excited. Could we? Well, I suppose we'd be more excited if we were actually watching again. We would. So we're anticipating it. Yes. So we're going to talk all things who. We're going to nerd out. Like Ken, you're a super who nerd. Yeah, literally, I think about it in my sleep sometimes. <laughs> Ken, or dream, like, Ken dreams he's the doctor, that he's yeah. flying around the world in his TARDIS. Or like in lean periods when there's no Doctor Who, I watch old Doctor Who, or I come up with my own storylines, or I think about old storylines, or I think about what's going to happen in the future. So yeah, you get a brief <laughs> idea. Super nerd! Or as I, I binge the new series of Doctor Who last uh, October-ish, and I don't want to watch the old series because it's hokey and terrible. But that's part of the charm. Hokey and terrible, Ken. Not the good kind of hokey and terrible, because I insist Doctor Who is 90% hokey nonsense. But hokey nonsense is fun. Mm-hmm. So, Doctor and Clara are back in the TARDIS. Uh, we're going to talk about... Their what, relationship. Their relationship. Uh, 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 we'll briefly discuss the last series, what we know about the upcoming series, and our predictions for where our favourite Time Lord is headed this time around. Uh, we should before we start. We should say warning, spoiler alert. Spoilers, theory. This <laughs> this segment. What was that? That's my best river song. Oh, okay. <laughs> that said it all, really. This segment, uh, yeah, basically, this segment is going to be- contain speculation, rumors, and big fat spoilers for the new series of Doctor Who. Yeah, and spoilers for the like the last eight seasons. So if you have watched any of New Who and don't want to be spoiled, in fairness. It's eight years old. You can't really give out. But yeah, just be vigilant. Yeah, give this a bit of a miss. Uh, you could listen to one of our old podcasts. It doesn't matter which one. They're all gold. There's one that loads of people are listening to and we don't know why. And if you're out there and you've listened to it, please tell us how, where, where did you find it? Why are you listening to episode eight? <laughs> yeah. Why do you love it so much? New Who, Gary. Let's get, let's get down to it. New Who. So the last series, Gary, the, the, the crook of the last series was Who Was Missy? Indeed. And all these characters that were dying and going to heaven, uh, basically uh, dying for the Doctor, which is kind of a recurring theme throughout the whole series. Yeah, the Doctor wreaks chaos in his wake. And people, for some reason, feel the need to die for him. Yeah, a lot, a lot people yeah. die for him. But, uh, big spoiler now, uh, the, the the whole series came to a head with a, a Cyberman story, which I don't always enjoy. Yeah, the Cyberman, like the, the the Daleks are more overexposed rather than hokey and terrible. Yeah, the, the Cybermen as as themselves, you know, if if a plot is built 
only around the Cybermen themselves generally are quite a weak quite a weak villain yeah whereas in this instance they were basically missy or uh, spoilers the master returns the female master now the mistress where yeah. they were essentially just her henchmen in that in that episode so they, they kind of worked in that sense even though all that like and the the human cybermen really creeped me out even though yeah. the, the way they were created didn't make any sense to me well it's again as i said doctor who is hokey nonsense you just i don't need it. doctor who to make sense like they could they could just tell me some stupid nonsense time time lord nonsense and i'm just like okay another thing that popped up during this series was uh, and it came from the 50th anniversary was like little hints that that Gallifrey is still out there and he's going to be looking for it. Yeah, I, that's they've got to wrap that up. Yeah. That's been running since 2005. It's just like, guys, just get to it. You said like the, the, the 50th anniversary, the day of the Doctor was dealing with all this, this time war stuff. But no, you still have the Gallifrey hidden in a pocket universe where the Doctor doesn't know where he is. It is. Blurdy, blurdy, blurdy. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, at, at the very end of the series, he lies to Clara and pretends that he knows that he found it and he knows yeah. where it is. But uh, Clara, it, Clara and the Doctor left on um, pretty shaky terms at the end of the season again. Yeah, but they kind of got back on track in the Christmas special. Yeah, it's just like, look, everything's fine. Move on. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I want, I want to still do this. But like, uh, one of the, the there's a few things in, in play in this series that are, that are going to be interesting. Uh, how did Missy become Missy? Maybe we're going to find that out. I don't really know. We haven't had a confirmation of that. There, uh, there is a uh, an implication that the Doctor is going to find out why he's seen his current incarnation space before. Oh, because yeah, Peter Capaldi was in an old episode of Doctor Who. So they're actually going to make that a storyline and say like how, why this face and why, what happened and why is this the big reveal about, you know, what, what significance it has. You you have a theory that the Doctor takes a face he's seen in the past? Yeah, like there's a rumor like that. And like, like there's a direct implication of that in the 50th anniversary where he says, you know, that where they kind of shoehorn Tom Baker in there to kind of say like, that yeah you're going to revisit some f- old favorites basically yeah so he kind of and sometimes it depends on the regeneration sometimes he doesn't have control over it but if he does he kind of picks his face and um, that's right he's he's 2500 years old now i think isn't he yeah which he was wasn't matt smith's at one stage like 800 he's mm. aged quite considerably i I think he was 800 when during sometime during matt smith's run yeah which is like You've aged pretty considerably there in the last five years, Doctor. But one of Matt Smith's main storylines was uh, in two of the series, like in in his regeneration story and in that series where he where the kind of the kind of fanger was if he's going to die or not. Obviously, he wasn't because it's Doctor Who. Yep. But uh, was him avoiding his fate, so he kind of aged a long time, wandered the universe. Yeah, but he I'd, I'd love if they 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 brought like back a, a kind of chronicle series. Yeah. Where it's like like adventures from the Doctor or it's just kind of one-off adventures of the old Doctor. They kind of do that a bit in the audio versions. But, yeah, where it's just know. like this is what these guys cuz these guys are doing he's 2500 years old. He's been doing a lot of stuff we've never seen. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's actually one of the strengths of the audio plays and that's where they kind of go with it. Mm. But uh and another thing like the kind of self-destructive uh, uh relationship between Cat Clara and the doctor and basically she she knows that it's she well she's seen that, that people got hurt her her fiance dies spoiler fiance dies. Yeah, Danny, Danny dies. Will Danny, Danny be back do you think? Uh I'm going to say yeah. There's a chance she's he's going to be back. But uh, like, where is it going to lead her? Like, is it going to lead her to her own doom? Like, I, th- I think that like she's been basically every time she's got a warning that that this is going to be the, the destruction of her, she's ignored it. Yeah, she's just she's just intoxicated with this with this life of most can most of the companions' time doesn't end very well. Yeah, uh, Rose Rose got trapped in a parallel universe, didn't she? Yeah, 
Uh, Martha became like a space soldier. Yeah, almost got killed loads uh, of times. Donna had her memory erased and she could potentially destroy the world at any moment. If she remembers. Yeah. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, um, Kylie Minogue was a one-off and she got killed. Yeah, she got killed. Rory and Amy are trapped in the past. And died. Yeah. So uh, not a great track record for the old, uh, the old companions, Ken. I think uh, her doom is imminent. Yeah. And uh, she was supposed to leave in the Christmas special. They rewrote it at the last minute to keep her in it. Because like, she decided to stay, yeah. Uh, there was a, a scene where she, the doctor meets old Clara and she, basically she was supposed to die in his arms and they decided to kind of go like go against that it turned, nonsense it away from existence it turned out to be a dream so she could carry on because she kind of i think she kind of tried to do the same thing that karen gillen did where and even matt smith to an extent where they kind of saw a lot of offers because the, the growth of doctor who in america they saw a lot of offers from hollywood and they kind of went to pursue them and she thought like you know i've been in doctor who now maybe there's gonna be offers for me and there wasn't so she kind of went oh okay important question matt smith or david tennant very good question. It's still Matt, Matt Smith. Uh, t- uh, t- excuse me. Sorry. Freudian slip again. It's Freud- actually Matt Smith. Your yeah. brain is combating your mouth. Uh, I really like David Tennant, but for some reason, Matt Smith has a, a more of a place in my heart, possibly because of, he had more sentiment to his doctor. Mm. And I kind of liked that. I liked that he's kind of, I don't know. Uh, he be- really became the doctor for me where I kind of saw David Tennant in, in other things where Matt Smith was hugely unknown for the doctor. Yeah. So maybe it's just because he's just really synonymous with the role for me. Because I was talking about this with someone on Twitter. Who was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Sam of the Wazim cast. Uh, I was talking about uh, this on Twitter. Was it Tennant versus Smith? I think Smith had like a more consistent quality of episode. Definitely. Whereas Tennant's high points were were miles ahead of smith as in like the fields were off the chart yeah, the family blood is far and away the best episode of new who like, it's easily it's unbelievable oh yeah it breaks your emotions in half but and, like blink is a superb episode i just think uh with the change over to uh, Stephen moffat who's one of the more intelligent writers in yeah, Britain see, at the moment. See, uh russell t davies was very kind of um um how, how do you he's gung ho that's the kind of way yeah, it's quite he goes like, kind of all in on the the pow pow boom boom kind of earth ending things one of the really infuriating things he was very fond of doing was killing off the villain conclusively and then finding a really contrived way of bringing yeah. him back whereas, whereas um Stephen moffat is a little more low-key but I, th- I think he's dragged it more down kind of at times a horror route yeah, a kind of creep. Whereas uh, Russell T Davies is very much kind of family friendly action adventure. Yeah, fun happy times. Yeah, and the quality of writers that they're getting these days is very strong. Like yeah. the uh, Toby Whitehouse, very strong writer. He wrote uh, created Being Human. The creator of Broadchurch also was a frequent writer. They got Niall, Neil Gaiman. So uh, maybe it's just the quality of the writers and, mm. as well. Uh, but I I just think I I don't know David Tennant. Maybe it's because his time was longer ago for me. Uh, Matt Smith just feels more fresher for me. So I remember his time more fondly. Uh, and I don't know, he just played the role with a kind of a, a sincerity that really felt like he, like he was the Doctor. So that that's probably why he edges it for me at the moment. But uh, if I went back and watched the high points of David Tennant, I'd be like, it's David, it's <laughs> David. Especially when it's like, I don't want to go. <laughs> that broke my heart. It's like, oh my God. It's like literally like the first time they've ever made regeneration like someone dying. Yeah. It like really felt like he was dying. Because like, like um, what's his name? First fellow. Uh, Eccleston. Eccleston, his name escaped me. 
Chris Ack, Chris, Chrissy X. He he was very okay with regenerating. Yeah, he was just like, oh, he's like Rose. Look, this this is gonna happen. Okay, yeah. okay, deal he's, with it. He was he was kind of joking about it. It's kind of jovial. It's like oh, this, like this kind of weird thing is gonna happen, and like, there's nothing I can do about it. But David Tennant was like, I'm dying. Like this yeah. is me gone. Like. I'm going to be the doctor, but I'm never going to be this doctor again, you know? Totally just um, got goosebumps. Before we... Thought, I don't want to go. <laughs> oh, God. It's just the tears in his eyes. We're just going to end up crying for the rest the, of the, the podcast. The like, let's, let's move on to the new series. Uh, let's uh, actually, I was going to I was gonna pivot to Capaldi pivot and his performance. Capaldi. Yes. Because uh, by a contrast to uh, Smith and Tennant, he's much older and kind of less energetic and more grumpy and sullen. I think that was deliberate. I think uh, with it's kind of like beginning the cycle again because the first doctor was very much in that mold so like i think they're like they they went like like young exuberant kind of flashy doctor and they're kind of trying to bring it to a different place uh i think they've done that successfully for the most part i, I actually intrigued by the the nuances of his character mm. i think as a general rule uh doctors tend to do better in their second season i think they settle in well i i really liked his first season though yeah i think i it, thought it was a really good season yeah he's a lifelong fan in fairness and he, he took to it like a duck to water but i think that uh, in the second season there's kind of like the, the newness has been gone and like th- like this person is like like you kind of forget about matt smith and that's important yeah like th- this guy is the doctor now i actually didn't like because matt smith had a, a small cameo role in capaldi's first episode yeah i didn't like that yeah kind of when you're gone you're gone it, it, didn't, it didn't cut ties very well but that's my point like 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 the, the, the visions of Matt Smith are kind of, of, of blurred and I've gone. So he's kind of more like, this is the doctor now. And you, you don't think about what was in the past. You think about more what's in the present. So I think he's going to have a better time. Not that I, I, but some people criticize the fact that some of his episodes weren't properly realized. Like they were, uh, they're all one part episodes. Except that, the, the finale was two parter. The, except the finale, as you said. So they thought that maybe the stories were too. I don't know. I really, I, I thought like the caretaker, I think was my favorite episode of the season because it's just him being grumpy and, and funny while yeah. pretending to be a human being. Yeah. A lot of people hate the, hate that episode because they really hate earthbound episodes. I, li- I like when you take him out of his TARDIS and put him in like where he's trying to pretend to be normal and yeah. he's blatantly not. Yeah. I, I actually really like those doctor centric episodes, but, yeah. uh, and like, and there, there was a bit of a, a hokey villain in it, but I kind of liked his performance as him trying to be human. It was kind of funny. I usually find, I usually, I'm usually like kind of least connected with the kind of, space ones you know or, or oh we're on a planet look at all these weird things whereas I, I like the kind of smaller doctor who stories yeah the only thing i thought uh well we might find out more out more about his kind of character in the next this series but the payoff of his inner turmoil throughout the season paid off very weakly in the finale is he's just like i am who i am yeah okay because yeah the, the the kind of arc of the first season is him not really having on having a great understanding of was he a good man? Was he a good doctor? Or who he is anymore? Was he actually kind of helping or hindering the world? Or is, yeah, it's just like, screw it, I'm the doctor, I help people. And then he had his theme song, his theme song kicked yeah. in for the first time then, Ken. Yeah, it's like, for, it's like forget the consequences, I don't care. I, I, yeah, loads of people die, so what? I'm the doctor. So I thought that was kind of, it wasn't as, it, it almost felt like arrogant and it, it's not the Well, the doctor's of, always been a, a small bit arrogant. Yeah. He's I, always needed the companion to ground him or else he'll go mad with all the power he has. So okay, let's let's uh, we're gonna blitz you here. We're gonna blitz you with some like very uh, lots of stuff coming up <laughs> with some rumors for about the new season. Uh, so it's gonna kick off on. I believe it's gonna air in uh, like they're doing like the the, the the finale in cinemas again. I think they're 
as part of preparation for the new series and there's going to be a prequel called The Doctor's Mediation uh, it'll, it will surface on YouTube so you yeah, they, they like a lot of that kind of smaller stuff don't they uh, like around the day of the Doctor they did, yeah. they did a lot of that where they released these kind of five minute episodes yeah and they're fun and they're like and like they like one of the ones that we got was uh, Paul McGann finally getting to regenerate. Yeah, so. they, they fill. They, they took the fiftieth anniversary to fill in all the holes. Fill in the canon, but uh, this season will be thirteen episodes. But uh, uh, answering a lot of people's criticism, it's going to be nine stories, meaning there will be two two parters. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like there will be some stories that get to pay out over longer. I don't know. I th- I I usually find sometimes that the two parters can be a little kind of uh like they're stretching, yeah. say ninety minutes worth of content. You know, it, it is. Uh, too much for one episode but then it's not enough for two yeah so it feels like they're just stretching it out over two episodes for the sake of it so you should only it should only be a two-parter when it's when it I, I, I'd, it. I'd prefer a format where they maybe they extended the running time possibly like so for one we episode had, we had a 90 minute episode instead of a 60 minute episode how long are doctor who episodes like, 45 are they 45 yeah yeah so i'd say we had a a, a 60 75 minute episode well, that's actually a good point. Because like the day of the doctor was around seventy-five minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, that that was around the right length for that. Any longer, it would have felt a little kind of yeah. drag. It felt like a, a good length for something that was f- relatively short. Uh, this is gonna uh, the seasons. This is these are all minor spoilers. You can listen. Don't worry. That's, yeah, uh, it's going to see him in a slightly new outfit. The Less magician like. Less magician like. It's kind of more down to earth, more earthy, kind of more kind of human, basically. Uh, he's going to wear a dark blue hood, uh, hoodie over a black jumper, similar to on the episode last Christmas. Mm. And he's going to wear a pair of plaid pants, which is quite similar to the second doctor. Uh, however, the coat and the shoes will remain. That's so he'll still look kind of like a magician. <laughs> the sonic screwdriver is being ditched for sonic sunglasses. That sounds like a one episode thing that they released just to get some attention and sell merchandise because, like, like, that, like I, can, the, I like, can see this point here causing serious nerd rage. It's it's like the marriage and home are breaking up thing. It's the kind of thing that it's like, oh look, we're going to release it, so everyone will talk about it, and it'll be a one and done for an episode. Yeah, people love Sonics, but like you have a Sonic screwdriver over exactly. there. Exactly, I'm not happy about this. So, this series will have more female writers than any other. Good. And two more diverse voices contributing to the show. Exactly, so that's going to be interesting to see where they take the, the Doctor's character. The first episode. Hopefully, hopefully, Clara and the Doctor won't fall in love again. No, that that let's stay away from that. Yeah, people it's, falling it's in love with the Doctor because he's kind of like her granddad. Or yeah, something. he's two thousand five hundred years old. Uh, the first episode, as people may know, because it was uh, highlighted on the Christmas special, is mm. called Magician's Apprentice, and the second episode is called The Witches Familiar, which is uh, about witches. Witches about witches. <laughs> It's a tongue twister. Try and say it ten times fast. Uh, we, we we kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, we're going to have the reveal of uh, why the Doctor's newest face is one he's seen before. From the that Rome episode all the way back. I'm hoping we'll find out how Missy became a, a female as well. That's kind of interesting. Uh, how, what's his name? Who last played the, the Master? John? Sim? John Sim, Sim yeah. Uh, yeah. John Sim. Why, uh, where, did he, where he went and how he regenerated. I reckon, like, I don't know, like, he kind of looked like he was out of regeneration and he was dying, but, like, well. there's been a precedent before for the Master. He's done it twice, taking over someone else's body when he was dying, so I think that's probably what and happened. Again, in this case. it's it is what we call a hokey nonsense. I don't, and I, I, I said that a few times, I don't mean that in a bad way, because that's, that's what Doctor Who is. It's goofballery. Exactly. Um... One of the, like, so we're, we talked about these episodes, actually. There's going to be one of those Dr. Light episodes. I always like them. 
like where the doctor is in it, like like literally in it, but he's not the focus of the story. Even going all the way back to the episode where they were a support group for for people who had seen the doctor and who were like, who is he? The one Which was, I really like that idea because he, uh, he comes and goes into randomers' lives willy nilly and, and like, he, what the hell is that? And, and you never see him again. One thing that might make you less enthusiastic about this episode, Garrett, it's a found footage episode. Oh no, no, no! I don't like found footage. It's lazy. Yeah. Why but, are you always filming? But basically, it's uh, basically footage of people who've seen the doctor, and they're they're trying to find them. Yeah, like like Psych Psych did a found footage episode once, but it was mocking them, and it's like, why are you filming this? And then Sean's like, people have to know. This is really interesting. Gar. On uh, conversely, there's also going to be a doctor single hander. Just just Doctor No Clara. Just the doctor. Literally, the doctor is going to be the whole episode. Good. Like that's not that I don't like Clara. But no, but it's no. Literally, it's going to be nothing else but the Doctor. It's going to be no other characters. Well, I assume there's going to be some supporting characters. There, yeah, but like literally, most of the episode is going to be just the Doctor. Just the Doctor in drop. some kind of scenario. Um, we've never seen that before. I think it's a huge challenge for Peter Capaldi. He's well. He's well up to it. He's well up to it. So I'm um, interesting to see that. Uh, uh, also, the TARDIS has gone uh, undergone a minor redesign, which all fa- fans will notice immediately. Yeah, it's like oh, the, the the panels a different color. Yeah, literally, the panels are slightly different uh, on the walls. It, yeah. That's it. Uh, so, uh, returning monsters to characters, we're going to see the Daleks again. I am not uh, in favor of this. I I I bench the Daleks. Like I like the Daleks, and I thought we actually had a really good Dalek story last year, where that 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 person was trapped inside the Dalek but didn't know yeah. it. Yeah, I thought that was a really good story. What episode was that? That was um, into the Dalek. Into the Dalek. Yes, that's episode two. Episode two. Yeah. yeah, which I thought was a good Dalek story, but they're running like Daleks. Just sit them on the bench for a while. Yeah, like, like you don't have to have them every season. I know people like to see them, but like you're going to tire them out. Like it's it's uh, you, like as you say, bench them for a while, and people will be more excited to see Same them. Same with the Cybermen. Um, the Zygons are coming back from the yep. classic series. Shapeshifters. They're, uh, they're kind of shape shifting. They monsters. were in the the, the Doctor. They were. Uh, they're they're from the seventies, I think. Uh, uh, originally with uh, the fourth Doctor and Tom Baker, um, the Zygons. I think they're kind of fascinating because they're kind of shaped shifters. So there is uh, an interesting story to be told there. It is going to be. Uh, they're they're going to be in one of the two parters, uh, and units are also going to be involved in that episode. So two classic elements in the same episode. I think that's the idea. Yep, and maybe because the, the Zygons were in the episode or the day of the doctor episode maybe that's tied in with the the gallifrey story there as well so uh, that's kind of all the returning villains uh we might see the cybermen again there's no indication of that though. there's some new monsters some of them i'm not so enthused about they kind of look a little bit hokey well you know it's can it's 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 not doctor who if it doesn't look like they're stretching their budget far beyond what they should reasonably exactly. be like, doing like that's been like like that's almost like a it's a, part of the charm it's like a doctor who tradition they spend lots of money on some episodes so they have to kind of be creative with other that, episodes. that's the reason we have an episode where the doctor is all by himself exactly that's cheaper um so this is the second season of peter capaldi do we think we're going to see a different doctor this time around i think he might be a little less grumpy yeah i think he does have to make himself a little more approachable yeah so he's going to be kind of a bit more like I think we saw that toward the end of the first season as well, where he he was less mean to Clara all the time. So basically, he got over his midlife crisis and got his groove back, basically. I did enjoy him just constantly being mean to Clara, though. He he got her with some pretty good one-liners. So, like, do you think, uh, going back to my point, is the second season better for a doctor? Well, he had a very good first season. Yeah. But uh, he should find his feet as as a character more in the second season, what what the kind of doctor he is. Like, Matt Smith was, was an angry doctor. Like that kind of yeah. permeated. It wasn't there on the surface because he was kind of like a boy in a man's body for he's most playing, of it. He's playing it off as kind yeah, of, but deep down he was like kind of seething and angry. So 
but um, there is uh, uh, a huge uh, nerd clash here. Uh, Maisie Williams, uh, who plays Arya Stark, am I correct? I don't watch yep. the show. You don't watch Game of Thrones because yep. you're a freak. Yeah, but uh, in Game of Thrones is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's undetermined who her character is going to be. Some people maybe think, it, maybe it's Arya Stark. Some people think she's going to be a major character because yeah, um, he can travel across space and time. He just travels to a, uh, an alternate reality where he's in the Game of Thrones universe. Like he's in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is real. But, um, you know, there is a cross, but everybody's talking about who is she? Is she like a, a character from the past? Is she, uh, is she, uh, is she River Song? My, well, my theory's been blown out of the water because Alice <laughs> Kingston's coming back as River Song for the Christmas special. Are you supposed to say spoilers for Spoilers, That's dear. the biggest spoiler we have for you. Spoilers. Alex Kingston is back in the Christmas special, but the BBC did announce it on their website. Yeah, so. it's, it's not a spoiler if the Beeb announced it. <laughs> But yeah, so that's completely out of the water. There's, there's Which like, is, there's she's a, been gone for a while. There's a chance that they were just sp- stoking the fire and she could just be a new character that like yeah. that, that that's not, not exactly like uh, linked to the Doctor's past. Pe- they, people love to kind of like like speculate that it's from Old Who because they, they want to see old elements coming back. Yeah, but Old Who is hokey, terrible nonsense. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say she's going to be a new character. You know who I miss? Who? Captain Jack. Captain Jack, and he's, he's, he said he wanted to be part of the 50th anniversary, but he wasn't invited. Yeah, well, I'd imagine it's just they didn't want to shoehorn him into the script. Because so, he, he the Doctor has, has kind of a, um, a new new clique, yeah. like sort of Strax and Lady Vastra, yeah. whereas Jack Harkness kind of filled that role back back in kind of the Tenant days. So he's out of the group. Yeah. Um, I'm not really enthused to see Alex Kingston back as River Song. I think I, she's played out. I think it's been long enough, though. Yeah, she's been gone for a while. Do you think? I suppose she does still has some questions that need answering. Yeah, um, but time needs to be seen. I, I, I would like to see what her interaction between uh, herself and um, Peter Capaldi is like. Yeah, that's that's always the interesting thing with a new Doctor to see, so like some of the old characters and how how the new Doctor responds. To and them. like, is this Doctor the Doctor that she talks about being her Doctor? Because the the other two were not. Yeah. So is this her Doctor? It Maybe could it be. Is. Uh, so that's that's an interesting thing that's coming out of this as well. Uh, anything anything else, Gary? That's jumping into mind. I just hope it's a good series. It usually is. Like people, people, I I don't look for much in my Doctor Who. I just want a strange man flying around the universe and his strange blue blocks with his strange partners who inevitably have their life ruined by him, and he just has fun and then goes on galloping adventures and has fun times. On that note, Gary, Peter Capaldi has suggested that the season will not end happily. Oh, uh, rumors have been. Ri- <laughs> I like I like light and happiness. <laughs> uh, rumors have been rife that uh, Jenner Coleman might actually call it quits for realsies this time. I think she kind of has to. Like the the companion has has usually at most kind of a two three year life cycle. Yeah. Before they're like, look, we need something new. She's out saying her welcome, and I'd like to see him with different companions. Like, that, that's always interesting. And as I, well. I always dislike because he kept Clara post Matt Smith because Clara was first there with Matt Smith, and then. Yeah. stayed on with Capaldi I always didn't like, like I didn't think Rose fit with Tennant in the same way and I, mm-hmm. I don't think Tennant really hit a stride until like Martha wasn't a great companion yeah. but he was David Tennant's companion as opposed to uh, uh, Christopher Eccleston yeah. that's a throwback to the old series they actually kind of used to have a lot of crossover they, like I suppose it's kind of contrived to have a, a, a companion leave to the exact same yeah, time I, as I, I generation the, the companion is the, is the person that then helps ease the new doctor into the new world yeah and it's the kind of connecting thread between the two, but and, and help them find themselves again. I, I do think they, they, they Peter Capaldi needs his companion, not not Matt Smith's. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Uh, we're going to wrap this up because we could go on all day, but just a few quotes. Uh, Peter Capaldi said, "The Doctor and Clara are excited about the idea of having adventures in this series, but that's a dangerous thing to do. They can't have a good time for too long. 
they have to pay for it. That's kind of ominous. Mm. The doctor has found a profound knowledge of the past and future, and he knows how things will come off in the end. He is aware that darkness will fall. So it looks like we're going to get super heavy. Uh, and the darkness will fall aspect is coming back in. Is he? Is that like? Is that like a choice? Is that like a, a throwaway choice of words, or is that a careful choice of it's words? It's probably one of those like things that will be written on the wall throughout the series. <laughs> yeah, and come and be tied together in the finale where where Stephen Moffat has to untangle his gigantic yeah. web of yeah. weaves he's weaved. Basically, it's coming to a head where Clara's like reckless abandon and and kind of forgetting that the danger of traveling with the Doctor because it's like a drug to her. Uh, is it going to cause her, her destruction in the end? It, 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 uh, it could do. Carrying on, Peter Capaldi said of the new series, I think the Doctor has realized that even at two and a half thousand years of age, life is short. Not that short. And he's in a great position and he should enjoy it. But at the same time, there's something stalking him that he will that will make life less pleasant for him. He also claimed that there would be, be a monster that would make you think carefully about regeneration. The idea that a monster can't die or something, I suppose. I don't know. Or maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's, he is the monster. Or like maybe nick, 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 nick. I don't know what that like. I try to kind of interpret that in different ways. Like, does does it mean that he's he's he'll need to regenerate, or that that he just look at himself? It's it's a good one. But and he said there'll be a couple of monsters from the original series run, which we've confirmed already. Who would you like to see, Ken? For, Monster wise, um, I always like the Silurians, but they kind of become good guys now. But I I'd, I'd like to see a conflict between the good Silurians and the bad ones. Are they the police of Force ones? They're uh, uh, <laughs> Madame Vastra. Oh yes, yeah. yes. You know who I liked? I don't think they ever really paid any attention to them. Who? The that kind of uh, uh, space police force that was in that episode where that hospital showed up on the moon. Uh, the Jadoon? Yeah, I thought that they were a cool idea. That they they're just... kind of in the background of kind of multiple monster stories, but they've never really come back again. Mm. Uh, Moffat stated, Stephen Moffat, I should say, the writer and showrunner of Doctor Who, that in the latest Doctor Who magazine, that the series nine opener is not to be missed, and it's a movie side story. He called it a blockbuster. That's always the case with the, the openers, though, isn't it? And I, as I said, I prefer the smaller stories as opposed to the, the big, oh, the world's going to end, I need to fix it stories. I prefer the kind of more heartful stories. Yeah. As opposed to kind of the big bang, pow, world ending explosions. I suppose you have to start the series off with, yeah. a, with, a, with a high note. Um, we're going to wrap it up because, as I said, we're going to literally... Ken, Ken could go on for days. Ken <laughs> could like list you his, his 20 most wanted... Uh, old school Doctor Who monsters he wants to see come back. Yeah, like this, this could literally be a twenty-four hour podcast. So, what are your thoughts on the new series of Doctor Who? We're curious to know. I got it right this time, guy. Curious. Yeah. Do you have any predictions of your own? Who is Maisie Williams? Is Gallifrey coming back? That's is something it? we forgot to mention, but we're out of time. Yeah, it's but in I, a pocket universe. He couldn't find it. He might find it. There you go. There's, a, there's a little implication in the trailer that, like, they show a little clip of what looks like the main city of. Gallifrey so I think you're going to pay it off this season but let's wrap this up let us know what you think on Twitter at TWSKK blah 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) TWSKK and on Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK we will be right back to say goodbye if I could manage to get the words out you're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney download every Sunday at SoundCloud.com slash The Weekend Show Okay, Whovians, if you're out there listening, thank you for taking the time to click play on the podcast. You can find a new episode every Sunday at soundcloud.com forward slash the weekend show. And we are also available on iTunes. Speaking of which, why not take the time to write us a review? If it make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. That probably won't happen. Warning, reviewing the weekend show on iTunes is severely unlikely to increase your wealth. 
You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK and Garrett, let them know where we, they can find us on Twitter. At Garrett Kidney, that's me. <laughs> the weekend show is at TWSKK. Our theme music is by Mr. John and until next time, say goodbye, Garrett. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.